You're listening to a Better Mousetrap podcast, a joint production by me, Marcos Dinnerstein, and Far From TV. Before we dive into today's episode, we're proud and grateful to present this week's sponsor. C42D is a branding agency on a mission to make a difference in the world. They work with startups who are solving impossible problems, inventing the future, or improving the planet. Join them on this journey if you're serious about building your business and brand. For more info, go to c42d.com. That's the letter C, the number 42, letter D.com. Did I mention c42d.com? Go there. Okay, this is Marcos Dinnerstein, host of the Better Mousetrap podcast, and today we have with us Philip Del Vecchio, Program Director of Venture Out, and soon to be looking to venture out to new and exciting new projects. There was a lot of newness there. That's a good introduction. I like yes. that. <laughs> so, first of all, Philip, uh, let's hear about your background, what you have been doing before we launch into what you will be doing. Awesome. Um, yeah, so... Pre-Venture Out, I, I was uh, doing quite a bit. Um, I started out working for Microsoft. Um, I have a tech background, and um, I actually spent two years abroad uh, living in Taiwan. Um, and uh, when I came back to New York, I was really looking for an opportunity to combine uh, tech, uh, education, and then also international relations. And I came across Venture Out, um, and it was a perfect fit for me. Um, <clears throat> I've been in New York uh, as a program director for Venture Out for um, a, a little over a year now. Uh, it actually will be a year and three months very soon. Um, and it's really given me opportunity to learn about this tech community in New York City. I'm originally from upstate New York and I have family in New York City, but um, this is the first time that I've been exposed to the, the tech scene here. Okay, so what, what were your duties uh, here at Venture Out? We are at Venture Out, by the way. Yes, we're in the, we're in the space. I, I was just telling Marcos that uh, it would have been better to do it outside because this room is kind of stuffy. But um, we've, so venture out, uh, you know, venture out is a platform that helps international companies uh, from all over the world uh, and outside of New York City uh, enter this market. Um, we seek to bridge the gap between the opportunity um, here in in this market um, and the talent from uh, outside of outside of uh, the U.S. and and outside of New York City. Um, I, as the program director, I ran all of the acceleration, um, basically the main components of the platform here at VentureOut. Uh, we run week-long programs for companies, and we also do three-month accelerators. We're currently running one for the Czech Republic, and we're looking to do more with, uh, with other regions of the world. Um, beyond that, I, you know, I did a lot of operations work. Um, you know, Brian and I talked a lot about uh, how the role really transformed into something more like a director of operations. Um, I was managing the, the majority of the team, um, so we have four management members, but then we have a team of, of analysts who I basically vetted, hired, and, and trained, and then delegated throughout the whole process, which was one of my favorite parts of the role, but I was also in charge of navigating process, uh, keeping people on track, and, uh, and things kind of continued to grow from there. Um, so it was, it was a really uh, organic role for me, which I enjoyed. Um, every time that I would get faced with uh, with a new challenge, there would be a, a new component of my role to take on at Venture Out. 
Um, but the best part of the experience was really the opportunity I had to support the entrepreneurship community um, and specifically often uh, international entrepreneurs. And just to clarify that, Brian, you referred to as Brian Frumberg, the founder of Venture Out. Yes, Brian <laughs> Frumberg is the is the master behind the mission. Um, you know, Venture Out was founded about five years ago by Brian, and uh, yes, he is the CEO and founder of Venture Out, and uh, and Venture Out is what it is today because of him. That's great, and uh, now looking forward, you've you've gotten all this experience under your belt, the exposure to the uh, both the New York and. Uh, select parts of the international startup community and it's gotten your appetite wet for for further adventures yeah you know it's <clears throat> it's uh, you know venture out has been um, a an incredible experience for me thus far um, I often think about venture out uh, you know not just for entrepreneurs but for people who have worked for it as being a really strong platform for for uh, launching out um, and expanding things here, uh, here in New York City, um, and you know, and Brian and I have gone back and forth actually about uh, interns who've worked for Venture Out and other former employees, and how we should create like a, a promotional video or a testimonial of like all these people and who worked for Venture Out who then went on to do really awesome things. Because I think that's actually a testament to some of the great stuff that Venture Out has done, um, which is create a, a really incredible community. Uh, around tech and innovation um, and, and around accepting new people into that community. And so that's, that's what I, I really learned to love um, is, that, uh, is that New York Tech um, has a lot uh, going on for it. Uh, you know, it is, it is the second largest e ecosystem in, in the world and, uh, and it's the fastest growing one to date. And, uh, and I, I, I've decided for myself that I want to stake a claim in, in New York Tech's scene. Um, and, and I'm looking for opportunities to, to do that even more. That's sort of the reason why I'm actually stepping away from Venture Out is, um, and so, so that I can focus on a few verticals of, of, of passion of mine that relate to this New York tech scene. Um, I realized uh, it was probably after sort of I completed my year at Venture Out um, that, that the, the Venture Out and, and also the tech community in general has just given so much to myself and to our company um, through mentorship, through workshops, through time spent and, and community events and, and uh, speaking engagements. And I, I mean, it's just such a giving community. Um, and I now felt like I had something to give back. Um, and so I've been seeking opportunities to do that. And that was even before I decided to leave Venture Out. I, I reached out to a group called CUNY Startups to mentor there. Um, I just started very recently mentoring with NUMA, um, and I'm looking to do other kinds of mentorship opportunities, um, which allows me to, to take what I've learned at Venture Out, which is really a, a crash course in entrepreneurship, and, uh, and then extend that back into the community. And NUMA is an accelerator that recently opened in New York City. Yeah, NUMA is a really great group. Um, they are doing stuff that's very similar to Venture Out. There's a, there, uh, there's a little bit of a different focus there. Um, and, uh, and we, you know, Venture Out has been working on um, finding new ways to collaborate with NUMA. And it's fun because I actually had the opportunity to come into being involved with NUMA through uh, a new hire of their own, uh, Maurer, and, uh, who's the PM there right now. And, uh, and he is just, he's such a great guy. And so we got breakfast and started talking about the things that NUMA was doing and the things that Venture Out were doing. And we'd share ideas and we'd We'd share stories, and and I, you know, he was helpful to me, and I hope I was helpful to him as well. And uh, those are the kinds of connections, relationships that I want to continue to foster and build, as ones that 
can be collaborative uh, and ones that can connect similar communities together um, because there are a lot of people and a lot of players in New York Tech. Um, everybody is doing um, sort of various things that that inevitably overlap. Um, there's there's not I don't think there's any single person who's doing something that no one else is doing in incompleteness. Um, and so really, what I'm looking to do is say, okay, like what is everyone working on? Where are those overlaps? And then how can I contribute to further connecting those overlaps? Um, and, and, and so that's why it's been great to actually be able to be more involved with NUMA because they do a lot of similar things. Yeah, I like them. I, I know them as well. I figured that's why you asked. You were giving me the opportunity to... to sure, to... sure. <laughs> no, I, I don't like to leave things mentioned and, and then not assume, assume the audience here. I'll just throw these names out there. Are. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And thanks. And hopefully I did them justice. <laughs> sure, sure, I think so. So... Um, what kind of things uh, are you doing with CUNY Tech? Uh, I know that they, uh, their, their meetup is massive and very, very uh, an integral part of the New York tech scene. What are, you, what are you doing with them? So yeah, so there's actually a really cool, so CUNY, the CUNY school system is incredible and I'm realizing um, just how much that they're, they're doing is, is so much bigger than even the small part that I'm aware of. It's, I, it's only 22 <laughs> schools. I happen to know this because- Is that I, right, 22? I, I dealt with that, uh, that system uh, at ProQuest. Oh, that's awesome, I was, okay. When I worked there, which is of course very education focused. Yeah, well, you learn something new every day. That's incredible. Um, so yeah, so there you go. I mean, 22, 22 institutions um, all coming together under that umbrella. And so they've, they've spun out all of these really awesome initiatives. I. I'm familiar with one in particular called CUNY Startups, which is a uh, sort of like an acceleration program for students who are uh, expiring entrepreneurs or who have businesses that they're building up. And, uh, and they create this sort of mentorship program throughout the year. I got the opportunity to join uh, on a panel because it was sort of passed, um, passed on to me from someone who couldn't do it. And I felt very grateful because it was a wonderful experience. It was one of my first times actually speaking um, with a, coming from a place of knowledge um, about this community in New York City. And, uh, and I got connected with the team there. And so I helped with, uh, with some mentoring for one of their hackathons. And I've been working with them uh, ever since to find other ways to collaborate. Um, and so that's just sort of one of the groups that I'm looking at to, to offer up mentorship. Um, I definitely want to continue to support international uh, tech. So I'm definitely, hopefully, going to be able to continue relationships with, uh, with Venture Out and, and other uh, international focused accelerators. Um, you know, there's the German accelerator, um, which is focusing on all German tech and innovation. There's a Starta, um, which is focusing on, on Russian tech and innovation. Um, there's Lair East that uh, helps companies, actually mainly companies from the U.S., uh, go to China, um, and, uh, and and many others that I'm I'm either missing or don't know about or will know about very soon. Or Marcus, you're going to tell me right now about it. Sure. <laughs> sure. Well, we should, you should be looking at, of course, the uh, the Nordic Innovation House. Yes, thank you. Uh, Sylvie Parvien, and you should be looking at the Le, Le French Tech. Yes, of course, the French you Tech. You should be looking at uh, B New York, the uh, Amsterdam uh, folks in Brooklyn. Okay, uh, that's one I don't know about. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I love it. And then there's uh, the, the Danish clean tech hub. I, I met those folks yesterday. They're doing some interesting stuff. Uh, it's just, uh, we, we, we could do a whole program about the accelerator 
uh, the international accelerator team here in the uh, in New York alone, and, and, maybe, and we maybe, should. We should. That would be part kind of two. Fun. That, yes. That, that that would be kind of fun because uh, we should be we should be highlighting them. Uh, Marcus, we should create the, like a video to the wider audience. We should go to all these accelerators, and then we should like learn about what they're doing and create this like really cool like international tech New York City video. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and, and so many of them are now so cool. using that term soft landing. Soft landing, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, listeners, if you're not aware of that term, it basically means a, a hospitable place for your company, your international company, to go to in New York that makes integrating into both the New York and the broader U.S. market easier. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what's great about what they're doing is, is it's, it's, there is such a need there. Um, because you have these companies that are, are doing really well in, uh, in parts of Europe and other parts of the world, or they've captured the, the market in their country and they're ready to expand. And the reality is, is that the U.S. market, while it is one of the largest markets in the world, it, it's also just, it operates so differently. And this is probably the same for every country, um, of course. But there's something to be said about, uh, about the way that the U.S. operates and then also about the market size where there's a lot of people trying to come here with, uh, with little knowledge about how to navigate that. And that's why, you know, that's why VentureOut exists. That's why these other uh, accelerators exist because um, they're, trying to, uh, they're basically trying to provide a, a safe landing for these companies or soft landing for these companies to, to build their business here in the U.S. Um, because oftentimes these companies are are not your typical go through an accelerator company. These are companies that are past the, the need for that early stage funding um, and like MVP building. Like they need, um, they need very strong uh, mentorship in, in branding and in messaging and in, and in pitch coaching. They need to uh, figure out a way to um, transform their sales process to one that suits this market. And that's stuff that you don't typically learn at, a, at your, your sort of regular style three-month accelerator, um, where it's focused a lot more on building out a product and finding an MVP and, and, and creating market fit. Right, right. It, it's a different focus. Yeah. Uh, an example of that uh, would be the, the, the Nordics. Um, in terms of presentational style, what we do in the U.S. would be perceived, again, generalizing, um, by way of marketing and promotion, would be seen as bragging <laughs> and, and, and and egotistical yeah. in, in that more modest, self-effacing environment yeah. in many of the Nordic companies. And but, they have to learn they, they, that they, they can raise it up uh, a level and that's appropriate in the U.S., but maybe not so much in their home countries. Well, it makes, makes me think of one of uh, the alumni of our program mentioned the, the sort of... Um, culture of sending multiple emails before getting a response. Um, he said that, you know, where he's from, you send one email and if you don't get a response, they're not interested, okay, nothing to it, you don't do any more. If you were to send three emails or five emails, um, they would think that you have a problem and they would come up to you if they saw you and said, hey man, what, like, what is wrong with you? Why are you sending me all these emails? It would look very bad for you. And now he's learning it in the US, it sometimes takes seven to 10 emails to get a response and the response at the end of 10 emails is positive and, oh, thanks for following up, as opposed to like, what are you doing? You're crazy. And he's like, that's the nature of the of sort of like 
sales uh, oftentimes, especially like email marketing, is, is persistence. You know, one, because we've created a culture of people hating to read their email, and so you can't get a hold of someone until you've sent the eighth email, but also because people are busy. And some, so sometimes someone sees an email and they go, oh, I want to respond, but they, they you it know, get buried. buried. Yep, there you and, go. Uh, and so actually bringing it back to the top is something that people can, can find a way to appreciate, although I, I will say probably not everybody feels that way. <laughs> Have you seen that new feature in uh, Gmail where you can snooze? Oh, I snooze all day, every day, but I, I, I am inbox zero. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> it's not easy. I, I am not worthy. Well, this is Mar Marco's yeah. bowing. You shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't be proud of me, honestly, because it just means that I spend too much time on my email, but, uh, but it's, uh, it's something that I just, it's something I have to do for myself, otherwise I would lose, lose ability to stay organized. Um, yeah, so just, just tell me, uh, move, moving right along, tell me about some of the other stuff that you're interested in. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so um, so definitely. So one thing I mentioned, I actually mentioned Layer East for a reason, um, because uh, some of the work that they're doing is, is very much aligned with uh, the things that I'm hoping to accomplish as I sort of move forward, um, you know, throughout my journey here in New York City. Um, and when I came, first came to venture out, I actually pitched to them uh, bringing China innovation into collaboration with venture out. Um, they, had they had actually identified China as being one of the markets that they did not have a strong connection with, and it was one that they were obviously open to, but for a bunch of obvious reasons, it's not easy. Um, one, one that is very simple is that China's market is actually very large, and so oftentimes companies say, why do I need to leave China when uh, there's so much opportunity there? You, you mean, know, uh, you mean uh, Chinese native companies? Yes, exactly. Right. Like, why, why go to another market when there's like plenty to go around in China? Now, obviously, that's um, not the sentiment of every single company there, and and um, and any real uh, serious company who is interested in becoming, uh, you know, one of the top tech companies in the world has to globalize, um, and that's uh, recognized sure. by Europe in the U.S. Of course. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so I actually create. I said, hey. I'm gonna come in, I, I have a background uh, uh, in Chinese. I, I speak Chinese and I, as I How said, I How did that come to pass? <laughs> you just, yeah, I just like sent the other a, day throw you that just out there. Threw that well, out so my there. Chinese is not that good, which is why I say it so nonchalantly, is like, oh, please don't like test me. Um, <laughs> no, but I, so I studied Chinese when I was in college, um, which is where it started. And it really was, I, I picked it because I found the language to be beautiful. Um, I was interested in the culture because it, it is it is a very distinctly different culture from the U.S. and I and I recognize that. Um, and then when I said I wanted to learn Chinese in college, um, the college advisor said you can't do Chinese and Kamsai. The two of those things together will be too difficult. And I said, okay, now I'm definitely going to learn Chinese on top <laughs> of Kamsai. And uh, and it was hard. And, but then I I took a, a trip to study Chinese um, I, during my uh, second semester in college, and that's when it solidified for me. Um, the the opportunity to engage in another culture through the language is, in my opinion, the only true way to do it. Immersion. Um, yeah, Gotta and you know, it. it's it's so it's said so many times, but it's just it is that's because it's true. Immersion is the best way, and and it really created a a, a strong affinity for China for myself, um, a passion for it, a passion for that culture and the history. And I was committed to continue to, to find ways to go back, find ways to be more involved as time went on. So where did you go and uh, what was it like? Yeah, so I spent, my very first time I spent two months in, in China, uh, in Beijing, uh, studying Chinese. That was the first time. And I remember, you know, the first time getting there actually, 
uh, having <laughs> getting into the taxi and uh, having no idea how to tell this person uh, where to go or how to get there, um, even though I had been studying Chinese for over a year by then. Um, and and so, but but after doing the program and being fully immersed, I, I walked away feeling very comfortable with it. Um, Beijing's <clears throat> culture and Beijing's atmosphere is very different from even the rest of China. Um, it's a massive city with um, a lot uh, a lot going on. It, it's a very busy place. Um, it's a very lively place. It has like a, definitely that New York buzz to it. Although imagine if you took New York and then you filled it with like even more people, um, and it would be more like all of them Chinese. <laughs> yeah, and all, of, and all of them Chinese. Yes, yeah, that's true. Um, it, it's definitely uh, very much Chinese. And uh, and um, and I went to Shaman for a second time, actually studying studying Chinese again. Um, but my my you know my longest period of time in that area was when I was in Taiwan for two years. Um, I did a Fulbright teaching English, and then I the Fulbright organization brought me back on to uh, help them run programs and, and different projects there uh, for another year. And uh, and man, I fell in love with Taiwan. Um, it is an incredible place. Moving further forward, um, so yes, yeah, so Taiwan is fascinating. Taiwan is incredible. Um, it really is an amazing place, um, and I hope to continue to do stuff with Taiwan as well. Um, but I, I came home. I came home because one, I knew that uh, you know New York City's market is uh, just at the end of the day much larger, um, and uh, and also because my family's here, and uh, and I came home to take care of my dad, and I and I came home to be closer to my family. Um, with full knowledge that I would end up back on that side of the world, um, you know, at least uh, to visit. So, so, so now I'm here um, in New York, and I'm looking at the work that can be done between uh, China and the U.S. And I'm looking at two of the largest tech ecosystems in the world. And you go to the other parts of the world, and they really, they, they, <clears throat> they're still not, um, they still don't recognize New York as being a major tech hub. I mean, some people do. They being they being a, multi a multitude of different people from um, from outside the U.S. So I, I I've spoken with um, with some Russians who I, I you know when I said New York Tech, they didn't even know that New York had a tech scene. Um, uh, other uh, I spoke with uh, various places uh, in Europe, various Europeans who didn't know. Um, it, it, and it's just because because Silicon Valley did such a good job branding itself uh -huh. um, that uh -huh. honestly it's just uh, even though we're number two. Uh, it's like as if it, it, it's hard for people even to recognize it. It's so painfully obvious to us here in the New York. Ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's obvious to New Yorkers that New York's number two. Um, but no, that we're a major tech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, and uh, you know, and that goes back to New York Tech being such a such a cool place. Is uh, is that being being that we are number two? I I think that it makes New Yorkers uh, much more willing to give into this community because. You know, New York. New Yorkers like to be number one. You know, we like to, uh, we like to be the best at everything that we can be. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> true, but true. But it just feels more electrifying here. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's very vibrant. Yeah, it's it, it's different. One of the major difference. Well, I I can go into two two major differences. First of all, the New York ecosystem is a hyphen tech yes ecosystem, which. Uh, means that we're we're based on existing strong legacy businesses that are now scaling through technology fintech finance tech real estate tech fashion tech ed tech education tech um, ar and vr which are not 
legacy businesses, yeah. but but the new media, uh, right? New new new, new, new finding media. new ways to grab eyeballs, right? All of those things, and that makes it the tone and the way that people approach businesses and evaluate businesses much different than it is in Silicon Valley. Um, as well, a major difference that I think is not given enough weight is we're not a car culture. Mm. The fact that we have to physically move around the city and, and like to in public transportation, on foot, in bicycles, mm-hmm. makes our relationship with one another in the tech community much different than I'm getting in a car, playing my music, mm. arriving at somewhere else, and being only with those people. The, um, the chance of serendipity, of chance encounters, mm. is drastically reduced in a car culture. Mm. And... You know, you walk around in Midtown, you walk around in the Flatiron District, the so-called Silicon Alley, that term that I really dislike. Yeah. And you do meet people. You do bump into people um, from other parts of the tech community. Mm-hmm. And that's, it changes, it changes your relation to that community. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I, I like the way you put that because I've always heard... Um, one of the things that makes New York Tech so great is is the proximity. You're just in close proximity to a lot of uh, a lot of people, but the, the VCs, the, the tech entrepreneurs, the corporations, the banks, the clients. Um, but putting framing it from that so from that angle of uh, of being a car culture culture versus not a car culture um, is is just an interesting way to put it, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, which actually makes me think of another thing about the sort of way that I'm looking to give back to the tech community, one thing that I'm recognizing um, about New York Tech is that it's it's very open um, and it's very progressive, um, and, but there's obviously more that can be done. And, I'm, and so I'm hoping that the ways that I can give back into the tech community um, have uh, social impact I- implications that are um, focused on um, giving, uh, providing and, and, and affording more access to uh, underrepresented communities, underserved communities, um, one of the things I'm, I, I've been working or uh, kind of in conversation with the CUNY startups groups is to find ways to take all of the really great things that are going on in Manhattan and, uh, and sort of start to spread that out into other, uh, other boroughs. So, so there are other communities. I mean, there's a lot going on in, in Brooklyn, um, obviously, um, but, but even going, extending even further out. So I, I, Staten Island. Um, They've got their uh, Staten Island yeah. College Accelerator. Yeah. So it's all there, and I want to find a way to um, to connect them and, and connect the, the the sort of various platforms in these different boroughs. Um, and I also am a part of a, a team of people um, creating a platform to give more opportunity to women um, for speaking engagements, uh, both keynotes, panels, and, and otherwise. It's called Women, women Present. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually launching uh, either at the end of this month or early next month. Um, and, and the, the whole uh, thing will be a, a platform uh, where event managers can go and find really excellent women speakers for their events. Women speakers can put their um, themselves out on that platform for more engagement with the overarching goal to in- empower women, uh, bridge, bridge the gender gap, um, and, then, and then create an environment where they're uh, entering into even uh, better positions of more leadership and being seen as, as, as Being more seen as so, the key. Yes. Especially yeah. as people coming up or thinking about being part of a profession can see pe- pe- 
people like themselves modeling it. Mm. If you can't if you can't see someone like yourself, it's hard to imagine putting yourself in that position. Yeah, being seen definitely, and that's and that's um, some stuff that I'm I'm really excited about. And there's a, there's a really incredible community of people doing uh, other things as well. So I'm I'm excited to be able to have more of an opportunity to explore that. Do you know if if, if this group is in any way connected or overlapping with Women 2.0? Um, it, they are not. Um, we're actually in the process. So the, the, the original founding team is mostly in London. Um, one of them is originally from New York but lives in London is, uh, now. Uh, and then there's uh, one of the other founding members. There is one in New York City. Um, but, the, but the reach, uh, I think, is something that we're, we're starting to just now work on. Because I, I came to them with the idea uh, and then learned that they were already doing it and said, well, I'll just join your team. And and, uh, and and I realized that there's a lot that they didn't know about the tech community in New York City. They they actually all come mainly from a ad ad tech backgrounds. So they too didn't know there was a tech scene in New York City. <laughs> I hope that they did. One of them works for Google, so like <laughs> Google New York. So I hope so. I hope that they at least recognize it. But they wanted to start with um with um uh, advertising. And and tech actually as the two verticals uh, for as point of entry because that's sort of where they where they sort of um, have a realm of expertise. Um, so Women 2.0 is is definitely someone we'll, we'll be looking to partner with uh, along with uh, Parity Partners, um, which is a really great organization that's already doing a lot to help empower women. Um, Plum Ventures. Plum Ventures. I I know I know the um, sure uh, sure. The, uh, uh, Francis Walton? Yes, that's that's what it is. Francis, she's ding, coming. Ding, ding. Yeah, I was like, ah, and she, she's been to a couple of our events, and we've talked about um, getting their their group more involved. Um, and then you know, there's also SAPIO. SAPIO, absolutely, yeah. I love that team so much. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna there. I'm gonna be in that space on Friday for Accelerator Awesome. You and I both. Uh, and then um, the the um, what's the uh, all women co working space? Um, the wing. The wing. There's so many really cool organizations. I love it. It's like name games right now. Who yeah. knows more about New York tech? <laughs> I've only had a year, Marcos, a year I'll to figure this I'll out. See your, I'll see your wing and raise you. <laughs> Please do. Well, this is what's so amazing. You know, as I, I'm learning just in this, this one engagement with you, Marcos, I'm learning so much. Um, and I hope to continue to do that because I only know so much and there's just so much more to... to to learn and, and to grow and contribute. And so so finally, uh, I guess, because we've talked about all the other things, um, I think, um, it, you know, which is what we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, is the, the China collaboration. Um, as I said, I, I, love the, I love the language, I love the culture, um, and I really believe, I believe in New York Tech. I believe that it, it's something special. It's not just another big hub uh, or ecosystem for people to seek talent, capital, clients, you name it, um, that there's something special here uh, and, that, uh, and that I want to be a part of that. And I'm going to seek very specific ways to connect New York tech with, with China. Um, and I'm, I'm... All right, so let's get down to brass tacks here. <laughs> a year from now, two years from now, uh, yeah. the veteran here <laughs> looks back and he says, uh, yeah. look at what I've done with, with the New York to China connection, what what would you ideally like to be able to point to and say you've accomplished? 
Well, first of all, thank you for the credit of saying that it would happen in a year or two, um, as opposed to five to ten years, because that's usually the number that people give. But in New York, everything happens things faster. Things accelerate. <laughs> acceleration. That's what it is. This is all just about acceleration at the end of the day. Compressed um, timeframes. <laughs> so yeah, so that's a great question. Um, my goal is for the uh, that for for New York and for China, um, for there to be a a very smooth um, and uh, and cohesive connection between the tech scenes in New York and China, where um, it, where when where someone said, "Hey, um, I feel I'm ready. I want to explore my business opportunity in China, whether that be expanding to that location, whether that be looking for job opportunities, whether that be looking for for um, just a cultural connection." that they would not have to jump through a million hoops to do so, that they wouldn't have to um, ask around and, until they finally got to the right person, that they would have a, a, a platform or, or, or a community, um, even more importantly, um, that they would know that I can go to this community and, uh, and it would be a seamless bridge between the two, uh, two uh, incredible markets. And obviously, I talk about New York as a city and China as a massive country, um, and so I see there being a lot of tendrils and a lot of hubs uh, going between the two. My role in that is yet to be seen. I hope that I can be integral in, in helping make that happen. I suspect you will. I hope so. And with that, we will once again thank Philip Del Vecchio, right now of Venture Out New York, and soon to be off to major other ventures. Thank you so much for spending time with us. This is Marcos Dinnerstein at A Better Mousetrap Podcast. Thanks for listening.